Today on the Podcast Review Show, we're looking at the Book Marketing Mentoring Show, episode number 100. Welcome to the Podcast Review Show, hosted by radio veteran Eric K. Johnson from PodcastTalentCoach.com and Hall of Fame podcaster Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Dave and Eric help you identify those things you are doing right so you can do more of those and lose those things that don't deliver value to your audience. Join in on the conversation at podcastreviewshow.com. All right, welcome to the Podcast Review Show where we bring people on and we find out what you're doing right so you can do more of that and find out those things that you might want to think about not doing as much. And uh, joining me as always, I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. And joining me, you might know him as the podcast talent coach, Mr. Eric K. Johnson. Eric, how are you, buddy? Hey, Dave. Good to see you again. Thanks for uh, and having me back on. I can't wait to get through another podcast. Yeah. And who do we have with us today? Today, we have Susan Friedman joining us today. Susan helps uh, authors get, get noticed, market their books, and uh, get published. Susan, thanks for joining us for the show today. Oh, I'm so pleased to be here, and I'm excited to hear what you can tell me in terms of how I can improve my podcast. Susan, the thing you have going for you is we haven't made anybody cry yet, though we've tried plenty of times. It's pretty painless, so you'll be okay, and we'll show you some things you're doing right that we really like about your show, and then we'll show you some areas that you might be able to tweak to help you reach your goals a little bit. First of all, tell us a little bit about the show and the main purpose of your show. What is the goal with your podcast? So thank you for asking that. So the name of the podcast is Book Marketing Mentors. And I did start it so that I could get a more of a place in the market. I was new to the book marketing field and I wanted to get known in that field and I wanted to be able to do something on a regular basis. And I've been doing it now for five years as a weekly show. I think I've missed, maybe I can count on the one hand how many weeks I've missed, but that was for certain circumstances. But overall, it's been, it's been going great. It's aimed at primarily nonfiction authors. And the idea is to give them practical tips and techniques that they can use to go out and help them uh, market their book and establish themselves as authorities in their marketplace. Very good. So five years, about 250 episodes or so going strong, and we'll see what we can do today to help you get a little closer to that goal. Yeah. Are these, are these all interviews? Yes. Okay. Yes, that is something I feel very comfortable doing. And that's probably an area that I need to get out of my comfort zone. What I found that over the years of doing this is that I've been able to relax more and be more me and interact with my guest on a very different level than I did in the beginning, where I felt I was a little ask a question, get an answer, ask a question, get an answer. Whereas now I really add my commentary to what they say wherever I can. There we go. All right. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to listen to the first two minutes. This is just the opening of your show, how you come out and explain the show and grab us by the throat and get our attention. (laughs) 
If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is Steve Erickson. Steve is on a mission to empower midlife solopreneurs to create a thriving online coaching business by providing knowledge, help, and support with marketing and technology. He's helped people transform the way they approach their business by helping them define a path forward, as well as providing the guidance and support to implement strategies that work for them and their businesses. As someone who's been in the online marketing space for over 20 years, he's heard and seen it all. He uses his knowledge and expertise to help you become a trusted advisor for your clients. I recently had the honor of working alongside Steve and was absolutely blown away with his simple and practical transformative approach to marketing and technology. And of course, I naturally knew that he's going to make an excellent podcast guest all the way from the southern part of Norway, Steve, what an absolute pleasure it is to welcome you to the show, and thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor. So that's the first two minutes. So I like the fact you've got the professional intro and gets me going, and then you came in. My favorite part of the whole thing is when you say, I'm so excited because I was working with Steve recently and blah, blah. To me, that's the introduction. I could care less about his LinkedIn profile, but when you say, here's why I'm excited he's here... Because I trust you. That's the part. Eric, what were your thoughts on on the intro? I really like the recorded portion of the show open. It tells us exactly who the show is for and what it's all about. It explains to me the, the benefit that I'm going to get by listening to this podcast. If I'm a nonfiction author and I'm looking to market and sell my book, this is the place for me. And uh, this is the content I'm going to get. One thing I would I would change a little bit about the open of the show is that Susan, I'd like to hear a little bit more about you before the interview. What makes you the expert? What is your background? Let's get to know each other a little bit. Let's start creating that relationship before we uh, just dive headfirst into our conversation with Steve. If you're looking to use the podcast to drive the business and to attract more clients and get more people into uh, your programs and, and your coaching, then let's use that beginning, that opening to really start to solidify uh, your expertise in the niche. Let's talk about how long you've been helping people, what you do exactly, how you help them do it. It's not enough to be a best writing author. You have to be a best selling author in order to do that. You need to market your book properly. And that's what I help you do. And all of that good stuff. You do a fantastic job, as we'll hear throughout this interview, of making Steve look great. Let's make you look great right up front. You have about 90, between 90 seconds and five minutes to really catch capture the attention of the listener before they decide whether or not they're going to stick through the entire episode. Let's make use of that real estate to 
describe your superpower and start to build that relationship with your listeners. Would you forfeit me going through the bio? Because I ask them, I try and limit it to 100 words, but it tends to be a little longer sometimes. And as you say, I may, I'm looking to make my guest look good. Mm-hmm. So-, so the only reason you're going to go through the bio is to make me care about what Steve has to say. Don't read the entire bio. I don't need I don't need 100 words or 200 words. I just need a reason to pay attention to Steve. So, and what you should do is link that bio to authors. So, if you're an author and you're stuck with the tech, Steve is a guy that's been on the tech side of building businesses for 30 years and now he teaches solopreneurs how to sell their goods and services. And as an author, you're looking to sell your book. That's what Steve's going to give us today. Fantastic. I'm in. Like, that's all you need to give me is a reason to care what he has to say. I don't need his entire biography. I just need a reason to stick around to listen to his tips and tricks for me. So if I go and look at, obviously, I've scripted it out because I don't, I haven't mem. i Suppose right. after five years, I really have memorized it, but I still have my script in front of me. You bet. So when I, you've got the, my intro uh, guy, John, yep. who says what he says, he brings yep. me on. Then I tell people, welcome to the show. Would you still keep that welcome and telling people what the podcast is about? Yes. That, that paragraph that I have. Yes. So I would keep that paragraph and then mm -hmm. I would get into today. We have Steve Erickson on the show. If you're an author and you've really been struggling with the tech on how to sell your book and how to market your book online, Steve's going to give us some great tips and tricks about that today. I'm really excited to get into that. Before I do, let me remind you, I do have a author marketing workshop coming up next Saturday. If you want to be part of that, you can get those details over there. If you do need some one-on-one help, don't forget I offer a strategy call. You can get booked just by heading over over to just heading over to the website and we can get you signed up at bookmarketingmentors.com. Just click on that link and and you and I can sit down and have a chat for 30 minutes to figure out exactly what you need. And I can help you do that. I can use my 30 years of experience helping authors or my 20 years of marketing experience to help you get where you need to go. Just a little bit. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn out five minute diatribe of what you do just a little bit just get people to that website all over your website we'll get into your website a little later on in the episode here but all over your episode or your website is that schedule appointment button like that when people come to your website that's obvious what you want them to do is schedule an appointment to have a chat with you let's tell them to go do that here before we get into the steve okay so 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 everything comes before him Yeah. Give me a little uh, sentence or two, because only about 50% of your listeners make it all the way to the end of your episode. Mm -hmm. They stop listening to your episode when they're done doing whatever it is they're doing. If they're listening to your show while they're driving to work, when they get to work, they stop listening to your episode. If they listen to your episode while they're working out, when they're done working out, they stop listening. Like it's, you're only there to be their companion with whatever they're doing. So make sure you get the really important stuff right up front. So I would give them a sentence. So continue with your paragraph. Give them a sentence of why they want to stick around for Steve. 
do a little housekeeping, give them a reason to go to the website and schedule an appointment. Tell us a little bit about you. If you need some help with your book marketing, that's what I'd love to help you do. Come join the website or come see the website and then get into that sentence or two of Steve's background. If you're struggling with the tech, Steve has 30 years of tech experience. He helps solopreneurs really give me a reason to care about what he has to say and jump into the interview. Okay. So really cut all that bio stuff and to the absolute yeah. minimum of what my guest is an expert in. Yeah. Would you- scan his bio, highlight a sentence or two of what really jumps out at you, why I care, and mm-hmm. just use that. Okay. Because a, a lot of times that bio, you're trying to convince your audience that here's this person's a big shot smarty pants, and that's mm-hmm. why they're here. Your audience kind of trusts you that if they weren't a big shot smarty pants, they wouldn't be on the show in the first place. So th- they've already okay. been validated because they're in the chair. You wouldn't let somebody who wasn't going to bring value sit in that chair. So all we need to know is what is this guy bringing today? that I'm going to take notes on and get out of here for. And, you know, I don't need to know that he graduated third in his class at Princeton and (laughs) dog's name is Sparky. And like so many times we, we get, I I think that's one of the things that I cut out most out of, of all podcasts is the backstory. We don't really need the backstory. It's I'm here now. This person's going to help me. And you could even say, Hey, if you need help with your book marketing, I've been doing this for 30 years. I could help you with that. And one of the aspects of book marketing, of course, is getting found and harnessing the technology to get the word out there. And today I've got a great guest. Wait till you hear it. I work with this guy side by side. He explains things so easy to understand. Wait till you hear my conversation with Steve. That's another way. If And selling doesn't have to be this Sunday. You could even say, I was working with a client this week and they asked me a question. I thought that would be a good question for the podcast. And right there, people know, oh, she does consulting. It doesn't have to be a giant pitch because I know some people are like, oh, in fact, you even talk about that in this one about we all feel a little weird about selling and you can sell without making a giant pitch. But definitely do it in the front because there are people that, like Eric said, all right, workout's over and you always get, but aren't you going to hit play on the way home? Sometimes, but not always. Okay, that's very helpful because I was like, where do I put myself in? And I know that when I heard you, Eric, the other day, you were talking about giving something of yourself, tips, and and I'm like, okay, where do I fit that in without this getting too long? Right. No, no such thing as too long, only too boring. So yeah, as and long I'm as listening. you're telling a story that's captivating and keeps the momentum and keeps the story moving forward, then you're going to be just fine. Okay. Okay. Because actually listening to it now, I was actually bored listening to Steve's bio. Yeah. Cause there, it's a lot. So it, was there's I. There's a lot there. Yeah. yeah. But when <laughs> so I was bored, but when you started, I worked side by side with this guy. It's like, Ooh, okay. This is the real stuff. Now we're off the, the LinkedIn page. And that's yeah. when, that's when my ears perked up. Cause now you're going to tell yeah. me why he's here. If you say I work side by side with him and he helped me do X, Y, and Z, and that's why I brought him on today to show you how you can use it in your book marketing, Mm -hmm. then I'm all in. Perfect. Let's do this. Okay. So that makes sense. I thought you asked a really, I love the fact that you just jumped into what are some of the biggest struggles? Because later, Steve actually says one of the things you need to know is what are your biggest struggles? And I was like, check, done that. And it seemed to move along at a a decent clip. The only thing I could find and is you did it. And I'm looking here and I'm like, did I not, I'm going to play this clip. This might not be the clip I'm thinking of because you had a really good example 
you had him tell a story and that actually it was more of an example of when you're trying to get in uh, front and identify your target audience he brought up the example of women who are not married and he said there's a big difference between women who are not married because they're a widow and women who are not married because they're divorced and i was like ooh that's a really good point so i i love the fact that and i think that's what this clip is he also talked about technology and emotions. And I believe that's what this is. If you have your marketing sorted, but not your technology, you're not going to get very far because we really live in an online world. If you have your technology sorted, but not your marketing, you're not going to get very far either because effectively you're just automating something that is not working very well. And that was the main point, And it was a really good point. But there's about four minutes in the middle of that where that point gets repeated over and over. And in the middle, the one thing I noticed, and I don't think this is not your fault. There's a lot, like we learned through this interview that this guy, we, we, well, we learned this and I, I, this is in the middle of that. So he just said that if you're, if you don't have the emotion and the technology, yada, yada, but in the middle of that answer, he does this. What I do, what my expertise is that I actually have so much information and knowledge and able to teach around marketing and about technology. I've literally been using computers since 1977. I was 10 years old when I started using computers. Don't care. My last role with a company for the last six years, I ended up as the chief technology officer, being responsible for web platforms and for launches and uh, CRM, the customer relationship management systems, for 350,000 contacts for launches that were taking in mid to high six figures for a company that was doing over 25 million in revenue a year, eight figures. At the same time, I have studied marketing for over 20 years and been executing on marketing for over 20 years. I really got a strong base in both. And so when I heard that, I was kind of like, didn't we already introduce this guy? Didn't we do a pretty long introduction at the beginning? And so he threw that in the middle of this part of if you don't have the emotional part and the targeting part. And so what I did is this is what I would have done. If you have your technology sorted, but not your marketing, you're not going to get very far either because effectively you're just automating something that is not working very well. What I see is that nobody really is filling both in this space. And that's really that whole like four minute section in about 18 seconds. He made his point and made the follow-up. And for me, that thing in the middle, I was like, I was okay. And even here's, and I thought that was funny because he does say at one point, for instance, in my terms, that would be me going out and saying, Hey, I do technology oh, services. I know what this clip I, is. This is a clip I made of him promoting himself. And you in the middle actually then explain how great he is. And it just, I don't know if it was just me, but once I noticed it, I could not notice it. For so. instance, in my terms, that would be me going out and saying, hey, I do technology services and I do marketing and I can help you with this and I can help you with that and I can build your landing page and I can build your website. That's all me. It's all I, 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 and it's nothing about you. Which is what he's the doing technology now. technology is something that you teach as well. For instance, in terms, again, of what I do is I help people who are 
really struggling with their technology. When they are sitting in front of the computer for three days and they're trying to get this and you put different courses together on this subject. So it just seemed like every question had something explaining what this guy did. And I just, I I was like, I can't wait to hear Eric's take on this because I'm like, I think this is just a Dave thing. I don't know. Eric, what are your thoughts on, did you notice that at all or was it just me? I noticed that the interview got very technical. There was a lot of, there was a ton of useful information in it, but it was all real technical information. I would have loved to have heard Steve tell some stories and engage the audience, give some examples rather than a laundry list of the things that he does. Let's pick one. What I would have liked to have seen you do in your questions is adjust the questions a little bit to come from an author's perspective and then get him to tell a story. Steve, I love that. As an author who's trying to market their book, how can I put that into use to get more people to buy my book? or to get more notice, or to get to become a bigger brand in the market. And come with your questions from a, an author's point of view, and then ask him questions to tell you a story. So tell me about a time when you helped a client put that to use to build their brand. Tell me about a time, tell me about a time when one of your clients really struggled with that. And then all of a sudden he starts telling stories, which brings the technical information to life. And it's a lot easier to follow because there's a beginning, middle and end. And it's not just a laundry list of technical information. Yeah. At the, okay. at yeah, the beginning, that, that's I thought it was interesting that when you were talking with Steve, I think the part of you and Steve, I don't think you guys ever said the word authors. There were always solopreneurs and other things like that. And I was like, at the beginning, I was like, if I didn't know better, this was a, just an internet marketing kind of podcast. This wasn't a podcast about authors. It was just, now granted, Steve's an internet marketer, so you're in his wheelhouse. But I just thought it was interesting that, like what Eric was saying, if you could tie the technology back to how does Joe author use this tool? Now, one thing about interviews, I love when people start with, they hit the ground running. Yeah. Every time we listen to episodes with podcasters who do an interview, they always start off with, tell us a little bit about yourself. And it's really vague and we wander into the interview. And I really encourage podcasters to hit the ground running. However, listening to your interview with Steve, we almost started two steps too far into the interview. Your first question was struggles. about struggles. How do people struggle with it? And I'm like, what are we talking about yet? We haven't, we didn't develop the why first. We didn't make the listener care about the topic before we jumped into the struggles. And you could have started with something like, Steve, I know you help solopreneurs, but in reality, authors are solopreneurs. And in in what way are authors and solopreneurs one and the same? And then he could say, solopreneurs, it's all authors. It's all up to them to build their brand and get out and market their book. A lot of people think when once you publish a book, you're done and your publishing house is going to do all the marketing for you. And in fact, you need to go do it yourself. And, and that's really what a solopreneur does. And he could make the connection between authors and solopreneurs there at the front. And then we can get into the struggles. But you, we need to make that why connection at the beginning between authors and regardless of who you have on the show, whether it's 
uh, a public speaking coach or a technology coach or uh, a podcast coach or whoever it is that you're interviewing on your show, make that connection between an author and whatever expertise your guest has. Let's make our authors really care about the why first, and then let's get into how do we use your information to make my book marketing better? And it's interesting because I, uh, I usually do something like that. So I know we've, you've taken this one episode, but many of the others, I actually start with whatever their expertise is, Perfect. explain what it's about. Like I did one the other day, we're talking about cause publishing. What the heck is cause publishing? Yeah. So I get them to explain that before we go into anything. But it just happened this particular one i just went right in which and you know the reason that probably is because you and steve have that working relationship exactly you almost know too much about steve yeah so so you forget what the audience doesn't know and you just pick up where you left off last time yeah and it's really easy to do and when you're starting an interview That little pre-interview chat that you have before you hit record is so critical when you tell people, if I were interviewing Steve, I'd say, Steve, look, you and I, we've known each other for years. I know a lot about you, but my listeners do not. We're talking to authors here. We're helping them build their brand and sell more of their books. So I'm going to ask you questions that I already know the answer to, but they don't. They're just going to be softballs that you can just knock out of the park. So when I ask you uh, about things I already know, just follow along and, and, and pretend I don't know. Yeah. And I actually, funnily enough, when I do the pre-interview with the guests, we spend a few minutes beforehand because there are a few things that I want them to know. And one of them is that I usually say, I may act very dumb here, (laughs) but I don't want anybody to assume that for us to assume that they understand. So I I want you to dumb it down. So if I ask that, but again, you're quite right, because I literally, I'd had to come conversation with Steve quite recently. And so he and I, I just jumped in. But if you, I don't know if you remember the interview I had with you, I think we started with tell us about podcasting and what it is and why it's important for an author. So I think I was much more focused uh, on the topic when you and I spoke. And again, Yeah. yeah. The interview overall, I thought was very conversational. You have a solid interview style. I think you jump in and interview him or interrupt him where you need to for more clarification like that. When he starts going down a rabbit hole, just jump in and go, you know what? Hold on one second. Let me ask you about that. What does that actually mean? Or give me the definition of that. Or how do I put that to use? Or let's dive in a little deeper there. That's a great trick to use when when your guest starts going off on a tangent and giving you a 26-minute answer. Like sometimes you just need to jump in and derail him and refocus him on the question at hand. Yeah. I didn't hear a lot of that in this episode, but yeah, that's great. Yeah. I know one of the things that for me, a sign of a good podcast is if I take a note or if it's making me do something of action. So when he was talking about tying emotion with technology and he starts talking about the wheel of emotion or the emotion wheel. And if you just Google it and then he explained it, how, and I was, that kind of triggered a cool theater of the mind. Cause he was explaining it like a bullseye and blah, blah, blah. And that was one that I was like, okay, when this is done, 
I've never heard of the wheel of emotion. And I'm like, I think it's on Thursdays right after Jeopardy or something like that. But, uh, uh, and I just was like, and the only thing, again, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I was like, now what do I do with that? I understand I'm going to tie it with my technology. And I was just like, if we could have tied it into to books maybe. So when you're and, – and that's when I was really glad when I came back and I saw, oh, this is nonfiction. So this is not – not we're not really worried too much about pulling on people's heartstrings in a a nonfiction book, and in, in most cases at least. The only thing I found, and I don't know if this is a bad thing or a good thing, is you do a lot of what I would call uh, it's almost like an echo. Somebody will say something, and you will repeat it. And so I've got a couple of clips here. I'll just play this first one. It really is, and you're absolutely right. I've heard that so many times that you buy from emotion, and then you justify it with the logic afterwards. I needed it. Uh, I needed to have it. But somehow that wasn't quite the reason that you bought it in the first place. Talk to us more about these emotions, because I know you spend a lot of time with this and you put different courses together on this subject. So I love that you listen to what he said. He was talking about technology and emotions. But you actually said, I hear this all the time which kind of says, everybody knows this, that you need technology and emotion to work together and yada, yada, which he just said. He just said you need that. And you basically just echoed what he said and then led into the question. And here's, you do, and again, this is where I got, I don't know if this is bad or good. So there's one gem that I guess share and then they can do something and that's something practical. So the fact that, you demand that of your speakers. I really like that. Because he just said, that's what I do for my speakers. And I'm like, yep, I just heard him say it too. I love that approach. We should all go for that. So there, And I was like, I don't know if this is bad or not, but there were, especially the first one where you said, I hear this all the time. You repeated what he just he said, and then you let into a question. And I was like, because I do that. I just cut him out because... I don't need to reinforce the the statement he just said because he did it in a clear way. I got it. If you said, oh, so it's like such and such, and you re-clarify, but you were just echoing what he said, and I was like, I'm not sure that's, you know, and what I would do, because I like the fact that you're chiming in on that, is either sometimes, and again, this is where you get worried. If you wait to the end, I, I sometimes call this the Jerry Springer, where you go, you know what? I really like that conversation with Steve, and there were three things that jumped out at me. And then you give your spiel on it, maybe share a story with one of your clients. The only thing I always worry about that is if it's at the end of the podcast, like Jerry did, nobody's going to hear it. So I don't, I, that's why I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw this one out to Eric and see what your thoughts were. In the middle there, I like the way that you acknowledge what he said yeah. and affirm that you were listening when it gets long like that, it kills the momentum of the conversation. So what I would like to see is acknowledge it with, I like that concept of X and then move right into your next question. So how does that tie into Y? And then we're moving on again. So we keep moving forward. So you're acknowledging him, but you're not restating everything that he just said. 
So continue to acknowledge, just edit it and make it a little shorter and a little more brief. And I know a lot of people don't like to spend a lot of time editing their show. The, the, you can always go back and edit. If you're trying to find your spot, if you're just treading water until you find the next question, just pause, find the next question, pick up again and go edit that pause out. If you just, if you're silent for five or 10 seconds, it makes that edit really easy to find. Just what I do at the beginning of my episodes is I let people know that I say, here's the deal. If I stop and I need to edit something out, we'll just be silent for five or 10 seconds. That way it'll make it easy for me to find. Don't get panicked. Don't feel like you need to fill the gap. If you're done talking, then that's fine. Just stop and we'll pick it up again. I'll go and edit that out. Uh, So I like the way that you acknowledge him. I would just trim it down, make it a little shorter and maintain the momentum of the conversation. Keep it moving forward. Yeah. Eric has a great point there. I let my guests know that as well. I will say, hey, if for some reason you get done with a question and I don't ask you a question right away, just realize I'm coming up with the next question. So there's no reason because what happens then is they do an echo. They'll say, I have found that if you put yellow and blue together, it makes green and they'll pause and they don't hear me do anything. And they go, because green is when you put yellow and blue. To, and I'm like, okay, I don't need that. So they, they start to over answer. And so by letting them know, hey, there might be weird, awkward silences along the way. That's normal. I'll take them out later. Uh, and I'm just coming up with a, another question. When your guest jumps in with, like I said, or as I've said before, then you know they're just they're starting the circle again. And they're just starting to repeat themselves. That's when you want to jump in and interrupt with, with another question. So all in all, like I said, I thought the interview was, like I said, I had things written down. So that to me, I was like, I got to go check out this emotional wheel thing on Wikipedia. And it's one of the things, because I am, I'm your target audience. I have a nonfiction book sitting behind me. And I was like, that does make sense. So I thought there was great content in it. And uh, here was how you wrapped up your show. So Steve, thank you so much for being our guest expert and mentor And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparked some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded, so visit bookmarketingmentors.com and we'll see you again next week. And now we dance. One of Dave's biggest pet peeves is music for the sake of music. (laughs) This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. So I realized why we were having music for the sake of nothing was we were waiting for it to end so we could put in the the C-Suite thing. I would fade that out and then just have the C-Suite guy come in because that's a pet peeve. When when people... I actually don't have any... They pop those in and I actually hate it. Ah. And I... One of my questions for you is the platform because I'm using... I love the platform. I don't... It's very expensive. Megaphone. Yes, it is. And I... (laughs) 
I don't like the fact that they stick these ads in and I'm not benefiting from those ads at all. That's that. And the is benefit is so far we've got is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they, they put putting their ad ads in, in And they put the ad in there. I like the look of it and I like how easy it is. I actually went from Lipsing, mm-hmm. uh, which I know, Dave, you work there. That's but all right. I, I just really, this platform, but I just don't like, you know. Yeah, because they make you, and, don't they make you sign a contract as well? I'm actually on, I think I'm on a month to month now. I think I was annual, but I've been with them for a few years now. And I know Jeff Hazlett, who owns the company, and that's he's very involved with the National Speakers Association, as I am. Yeah. That's one of those, uh, it gets complicated kind of things. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Some side benefits to it, definitely. Yeah. The the close of the show there, I love the single focused call to action. Like we didn't fill it up with visit my website and follow me on Facebook and don't forget to subscribe and rate and review and all that nonsense. It was a single focus call to action at the end, directing people to your strategy session. That part I liked. The part I didn't like was it was the voice guy doing it and not you. Because as a listener, as soon as I hear voice guy come on, I'm like, okay, episode over. I can hit it, skip it, go. Assuming I actually was one of the people who actually made it to the end of your episode. Now I hit the voice guy coming on the closing credits and I'm out. It's a, I'm not sitting through the movie at the end watching who the best boy and the gaffer were because I don't care. I'm getting to the parking lot. So your credits are rolling. I'm out. I'm not listening to anything yeah. that guy's saying. The, we talked earlier about moving that call to action to the beginning of your episode, and I gave you the benefits of doing that. But there's also a benefit of you selling it rather than him, because I believe you, I trust you, you and I are the one that are, that are creating that relationship here on the show. And if you want to use the, the show to attract clients and you need to add more of you and your expertise to the show, and then you need to invite me to come have a conversation with you. That's going to be much more powerful in getting people to go click that button than having your voice guy do it in the closing credits. Okay. So based on what you're saying now, I would, because I've, again, I've got that scripted piece that I thank people for listening. And oh, can we stop there? Thank you for listening. Not thank you. One, one person. Yeah, one person. I know you got, okay. it, but it's weird, but it's it becomes a much more intimate when I say, hey, I want to thank everyone for listening versus I want to thank you for listening. Oh, I, so I say thank you. Oh, I thank you all for taking time out of you. So it's yeah. thank you. Just thank you for taking time out of your precious day. Yeah. Yep. To listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparked some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much. And I've added instead of just book, I've said book and author marketing success because I want to get them into them thinking author marketing, not just book marketing. So I've added that. So what you could do there is, you know, I want to thank you for taking time out of your precious day to listen to the show. If you'd like to have a conversation on how you might put this into use for your book marketing, go to the website and click that book a strategy session and you can have a complimentary 15 minute talk with me. Okay. That's beautiful. I'm pleased you're recording this because I got to capture that. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny because as I was listening to it the first time and you said, I forget how the last part of your paragraph, there's something about continued book marketing success or something like that. And I was like, 
oh man, there's almost no call to action. And then deep voice guy came in and saved the day. And I'm with Eric. I was like, that is cool. That's go do this now. Start. So I'm with Eric. I would just take what he said and have it come out of your mouth. So then I wouldn't, that would be the outro and I yeah. wouldn't have any music or anything. You could have the music. It, it would just be, you know. You could leave the big voice guy and the credits. You can let it roll and let him repeat the call yeah. to action. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have the problem with him doing it. What my, my issue is we can't assume people are going to sit through that and, and, and take action with his. It's if Dave said, you know what? I really think you ought to call Eric and talk to him. And you're like, I don't know. I, I don't know him from Adam. But if I said, Susan, I really think you and I ought to get on the phone and talk. You're like, oh, OK, then I then maybe I should do it okay. because I'm inviting you to have a conversation with me rather than Dave telling you to go have a conversation with me. It's Makes just sense. more power. So I don't have a problem with leaving all of that good stuff, what he says, because he gets much more in depth with it. What I would like you to do is just make it real quick. If you'd like to have a conversation with me. If you'd like to have a free strategy session with me to discuss how you can put all of the great information Steve gave us to, to use with your book marketing, just go to bookmarketingmentors.com and click that book strategy session. That's really all you need. Okay. And then you can let voice guy go and he can do the whole thing. And I would just in your post-production, just trim off some of that 12 seconds of music after him. Cause that really serves no purpose other than to delay the, the, promotion guy coming back in and talking about the network okay okay yeah the other thing before we get into your website just content i would definitely say consider doing solo shows and i know it's weird to talk to the wall but just think about that one person who's sitting across the desk from you and they're saying i don't understand this isbn thing and all the print up demand whatever the the topic is and then just talk to that one person and what that does is when you when you do interviews, it grows your network, which is great. You want that. When you do a solo show, you increase your influence because I used to, I, I still pop in and out of the Ray Edwards show and the early shows of Ray Edwards was Ray talking to me. Same thing with Michael Hyatt. He was talking. It was like this sage old wise man giving me this great advice. <laughs> Are you saying Ray's old? No, not at all. He's, he's, <laughs> but then, and there's Michael. And then both of them brought on a co-host. And Ray brought on his son. And they were both having a competition to see who could crack each other up. And I was no longer having a conversation with this wise man. I was a fly on the wall. And it just wasn't the same. So when you do a solo show and you just talk to the person, it, it does create this interesting connection. So, and about I, how uh, often should I do a solo show and for how long? Because an hour, oh, 30 minutes is a long time to do it solo. Yeah, it, it depends. Depends on what you have to teach. I was working with a client the other day who does an interview show. And I suggested the same thing to them. And what we came up with was three episodes a month would be interview. And then the last episode of the month was a solo show recapping the three interviews and teaching on it and how it all comes mm. together. And oh. if you do a little planning, if you get out your promotional calendar and you look at May and you go, okay, May, I'm going to talk with. I'm going to talk with a podcast talent coach. I'm going to talk with a, a social media marketer and I'm going to talk with a blog expert. And then the last episode of that month, you can talk about how to use other platforms 
online platforms to market your business. And you can tie in blogs and podcasts and social media into that, that last episode that you teach. So you might create themes in a month, or you might just teach something completely different and make reference to those earlier episodes, or you might just teach something altogether that maybe you don't have an expert for. Maybe there's, maybe there is something on the ISBN numbers or something like that, or finding a publisher that is just in your wheelhouse and there really is no expert for it other than what you do. And so that might be something you teach on. Or, or I know 30 minutes sounds like a long time, it's but not- once you do your outline and you do your introduction for five minutes and then you teach and then you wrap it up, it's really, if you transcribe it, it's really only about four pages worth of content. It's not really that long. So would you still do the same intro, everything, the same outro, and then it's just me, as you say, giving my commentary or ranting or whatever I'm doing. And this is (laughs) where you you could say something. A lot of times I will make episodes based off of an email that I get. And I'm like, oh, that's a really good question. And I will just say, hey, I I got an email today from Fred, and Fred wants to know what's the difference between Libsyn and Blueberry. Let's talk about that. And I thought that'd be a great episode. If you, by the way, if you have a question, feel free to email me, davidschoolofpodcasting.com. But let's get back to Fred's question. And now I. Dave's show, the School of Podcasting, is like a variety show. Dave's got a little bit of industry news. He's got a little bit of because of my podcast. He's got a little bit of technical help. He's got a little bit of gear review. Like it's a hodgepodge of great information (laughs) for podcasters. But then the last episode of the month is the question of the month. Yeah. And it's just answers to that question from various listeners. And it's a crowdsourced sort of episode, different than the rest of the episodes from the month. So yeah, every episode doesn't have to be the exact same format. I would just be consistent. So yeah. if, it's the first, if it's the first episode of every month or the last episode of every month, I would make that your teaching. You may set up, you may be the keynote speaker of the month and set up what the month is all about and then go into the three interviews to support what you just taught at the beginning of the month. Or you could teach something, maybe you teach something completely different than what the marketing expertise gives you for the rest of the month. But I would be consistent on where that is. And if every episode is a 30-minute interview and you just want to teach for 10 minutes, then teach for 10 minutes. Yeah. Again, like we talked about earlier, no such thing as too long, only too boring. Don't try and make it 30 minutes if you don't have 30 minutes to teach. If, you have, if you're teaching one thing, just remember people are going to walk away from your episode and they're going to remember the one big thing today. What is the one big thing you want them to remember? Then teach around that. And if that takes you 12 minutes, then it's 12-minute episode. If it takes you 45, then make it 45. And then when I, and I know we're going to talk about the actual website, but when I actually uh, promote this one, do I do it the same way? Find a headline for it and talk about the things that, so it looks, it's got the same look and feel to it as everything else. Absolutely. That's what I would do. Okay. So I'm not necessarily pointing out that it's, you know, me now, if you've never done one, you're like maybe on the first one, you go, hey, just for the record today, it's just me and you. And I wanted to talk to you about this. And here's why I think it's important. 
and then off you go. Yeah, and you might call them something special. It might be a, a deep dive or something like that, where you always have a headshot of your expert on your on the on the the post on your yeah. website, mm-hmm. and maybe it, that's your maybe that's your photo. Or maybe it's maybe it's a deep dive class or it's a master level class or it's a master class or something like that where you're teaching on maybe it's master class ISBN numbers or master class book formatting or master class creating your talk out of your book or something like that. So you teach a master class at on a particular day each month. Okay. Okay. I have got so many podcasts that are backlogged mm-hmm. and I'm it's almost embarrassing because I've got interviews that I did September of last year and there are not enough weeks in uh, in the year to get through them all I'm just wondering what to do and I keep interviewing more people because I've got ex- exciting people that I want to interview so do you have you might consider bonus episodes. Maybe the masterclass becomes a bonus episode where your teaching doesn't fall in line. Maybe you release the podcast every Monday, but your bonus episode comes out on Thursday where it's a masterclass of you teaching something in particular. Are there talking about days of the week? Are there any special? Mine comes out every Wednesday at three o'clock. People don't really care when your podcast comes out. They listen on their schedule. Yeah. So some fans may listen every Wednesday. Some fans may listen every Saturday. The key is that your podcast is there when they go to listen to it. Like yeah. I listen to my favorite show every Saturday because I'm working around the house and that's what I do. I listen to that yeah. show. I think comes out Friday mornings. Like it doesn't, to me, it doesn't care. I don't care. Dave's show comes out every Monday. I never listen to it on Monday. I listen okay. to it on Wednesdays when I'm driving. Cause that's just when I listen to it. Yeah. The only time, or the only scenario I can think of where it would matter is if you're doing, let's say I'm doing the local Akron, Ohio podcast and we don't have COVID. I might want to put that out on Wednesday and say, hey, don't forget down at the Civic there. It's uh, the play such and such. And this weekend at the box office, the new Tom Cruise, something that's timely, relevant, timely. Yeah, that you yeah. want to give them time to, to plan or whatever. But for the most part, I laugh. I just listened to an episode yesterday that was from December. And, and one of the things that I try and keep is to make the episodes fairly evergreen. So whenever people, you know, listen to it, they really wouldn't know if I recorded it yesterday or three months ago. Yeah, as okay. long as you're consistent. And if you have a backlog of interviews that you need to release, then move to a twice a week schedule. Just say, hey, okay. here over the, the first few months of the year, we're going to catch up. I have so many great people to talk to. I'm going to release episodes. I'm going to release bonus episodes every Thursday in addition to my Monday episode just to bring you the great content that I have. And But I would call those bonus episodes. So then once you catch up, you're going back to one day a week and people don't say, hey, what happened to the other episode? Hmm. But yeah, I would just release that second episode when you have a chance. Always keep a few in the can, though. Yeah, because life will happen. I know. I've had that happen. I've had that happen. (laughs) I've had to regenerate some with a different title, but it's the same interview. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've lost my voice and then all of a sudden two weeks were worth it podcast yeah i have one i always have one in the can break glass in case of emergency (laughs) (laughs) exactly and interestingly enough when i started they always said have at least five or six in the can 
and I've needed that. But <laughs> right. now, because everybody always goes, Psh, "What do I need that for?" Until life happens, and they're going, oh, "Shoot, I wish I had that one." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you there. I would definitely have several in the can just in case of that break glass. But yeah. I'm just embarrassed that I've inv- interviewed people and I haven't put it out there. It happens. It happens ha- with everybody. I, yeah, I know. I've been interviewed and I totally forgot about the interview. And then they <laughs> said, "Oh, your interview's live." I was like. I don't even remember when I did that. That was months ago. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to a podcast in December and he's like, yeah, I don't even know if the kids are going to go back to school this year. School's starting here in two weeks. And I'm like, it's December because <laughs> the interview happened clear back in August. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. That's, that, that's good. That's Let's good. take a look at your website and give you a little feedback from there. Is the website <laughs> itself completely controlled by the megaphone people or no. do you? Nope. No, nope. it's me. Okay, so the website is you. Great. It's at uh, bookmarketingmentors.com. Correct. And it's a WordPress site, and it's just a special appendipity put out. uh, Yes, uh, and there's something you need to know about them. Yes. They went out of business about two years ago. Okay. Thank goodness I haven't had to ask them for anything. Well, what that means is as WordPress continues to update and update, which they do on a monthly basis, eventually your website's going to break. Okay, it's great. just Thanks a matter. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. So I always recommend because I use them because I see where you're using the Marin theme. As soon as I saw the buttons at the top, I'm like, oh no! I think she's using the Marin theme, and, and yes, sure enough, you I are. Um, they were great. The, oh, the they pro- were awesome. They just there's no updates now, and so even if your website doesn't break, there's holes in the back where people can hack because it, it doesn't get updated. Yes. Uh-huh. So my uh, recommendation is if you want a podcast theme on WordPress, there's a company called Second Line Themes. Mark off a weekend to, it's not going to be a huge, but some of the things like having the little host at the top of the page, that's built into this theme. And I think you can set that up, but it's not. But what's automatic is having an automatic player. They have some really cool ways to add subscribe buttons, which leads me to my second point is you have really, you have iTunes, um, and Google Play Music. Google Play Music went out of business about six months ago. They were replaced with Google Podcasts. So what you would want to do is have at least Apple, Google, and Spotify. Those are the top three. And your it's a really good chance that you're in Google Podcasts. If you go to podcast.google.com and search for your show, that'll be there. You can leave. Hey, the- Dave, let me ask you about the theme before yeah. we jump into that. Is it easy to change a theme to go from appendipity to something else? Yeah. Is that something she can do on her own or should she um, have a web guy do that? You might have a web guy on standby. I'm- what it is, uh, a WordPress theme is like your clothes. So I could, like, right now I have a green sweatshirt on with a stain, I noticed. I have a stain on the shirt. That's nice. But I, so if I go, <laughs> hey, it's time for a new theme. This one has a stain on it. I could go and take off my shirt grab a new pair of jeans, put them on, same skeleton, same data. It's still Dave Jackson, just a new theme. Now I've got a three-piece suit on with no stain, et cetera. So the data is not going to change. It's just going to, it's it's how it looks. And it's usually just a matter of, oh, that's different. And then you click a couple buttons. Oh, that changed the way it looks this way. Now we're looking at Dave from the front or this put his, this put a hat on him or something like that. And so you just play with it. Depending on who your web host is, some web hosts will allow you to make a behind-the-scenes version 
of your website. And the technical name for this is escaping me right now, but you can go in and you say, Hey, make a, a duplicate of this. And what's cool is it's behind the scenes and there it's a twin. It's the exact copy of your website and you can go in, load the new theme, tweak it. And then when you're done, say, Hey, take this from backstage and overwrite what's in the public. And so you get to do a, a test drive on it. So let's talk about this because I spend a, a lot of time on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I do have somebody on Fiverr who edits it. But basically what she's doing is she is putting the intro and outro on it. Yep. And I was going through and editing and stuff I didn't like and myself, if I didn't like what I was saying, I was editing. It was taking me hours and I was like, this is not a cost-effective use of my time. So now I've just said to my lady, if I stumble on something, take care of it. And she's able to do that. She's really very good. And I've had her for pretty much, I think the whole time I've used my, had my podcast and she's very reasonable. But Can you go back to the site, please? Thank you. So one of the things I pay attention to is the headline. Yeah. And Uh, beauty on that. Because love the uh, benefit that you deliver in the headlines. Yeah. Your your headlines are great. And so many people just don't put any time in it. And I understand why, because you're done. You're like, ugh. I just want to go to bed. It's two in the morning. But, you know, how to create a powerful certification program with your book, how to learn from failure to optimize success. It's all here's how you're going to benefit, how to best use JV partners for your promotion. So I loved all this. I did notice while we're on the front page. Let me make one comment about headlines. The whole purpose of the title of your episode is to get people to push play. Yeah. The whole the purpose of the name of your podcast is to tell people they're interested. So the name of your podcast says, hey, this show is for you. When they come and they look at your headlines, your show, your episode titles, they go, that one looks interesting. I push play. That's the whole purpose of the title of the episode is to deliver that benefit and get them to push play. And I think your titles do just that. If you think about radio or TV, when you turn those on, something starts. When you start a podcast app, nothing happens. And the thing that's going to make you click is you start scrolling down. Oh, let's see who's got a new episode today. Ooh, that looks like it's good. So it's that title that gets you to click. I it's For me, I, I know it looks pretty and all. I'm not a huge fan of putting the, the episode number at the beginning. I like them at the end because it's just – that is prime real estate. But I see you have 257 episodes, so if you don't want to change 257. And I don't know and- – Go ahead. The reason that is, is because sometimes that episode title gets truncated in your, when you're looking at it on a phone in one of the players. So if I pull it up in Apple podcasts or in Stitcher or Spotify or Google podcasts, sometimes I'll get BM257 colon how to market in a way people. And that's okay. it because it's truncated. So if they're going to chop off half of the, or part of your title, I would rather they chop off the BM257 than chop off want to buy from you. Okay. So you would put it. So if I change this now and just put how to market you in a way people would want to buy from you. And would I put like in parentheses two or a dash BM257? That's what what I do. do. So on on my episodes, I put how to market in a way people want to buy from you dash PTC 257. Okay. I can do that. That's easy. 
Because yeah. that way, because uh, people have a good point. They're like, oh, it makes it easy to search for a show. So if you reference yeah. something, hey, back in April, we talked about this on episode 147. It makes it easy to go to the website and search. So yeah. I get it. I'm just, to me, I go, mm, boy, that's really prime real estate that you're giving away. And nobody is Googling episode 164. No, I understand so, that. Yeah. Um, and on Megaphone, interestingly enough, you, you, I have that title. And then they want a clean title. So then it's it's just a how to market your way. That's for our good mm-hmm. friends at Apple. And there's probably a field for an episode number that Apple also wants because in theory, eventually you're going to be able to ask the woman in your phone, hey, play the Book Marketing Mentors podcast episode, blah, blah, blah. That's yeah. But if that episode number isn't in there, then Siri's not going to be able to uh, to do that. That's why they're doing that. And Apple is just – don't get me going on Apple. Their, their, <laughs> their technology, as, as big as they are – their technology is at times wacky to say the least, but I would definitely on the subscribe buttons have iTunes, Google, and Spotify. Those are the three. And I'm assuming Amazon is going to eventually come in at four. We'll see. I think you're going to see Android participation go up in 2021. I can't say why. I I do the big subscribe buttons though. Yeah. Like they're above the fold. As soon as I get on the webpage, I see subscribe right there. I love the fact that they're big. Let's just update them a little bit to the proper platforms. But I love the fact that they jump out and they grab you. Like getting people to subscribe now is is key and it's right there in front of you. Yeah. The The other thing I want to point out is that when I got done listening and I was like, who is Susan? So I came over to the about page and the about page starts explaining to me about the podcast, but not about you. And okay. so I was like, huh. So then I went over here to your publishing company. Yeah. And I was like, again, who is Susan? So I clicked on about and I got about the publishing company and kind of this is a little bit of your history, but I, I would think somewhere on your website. Also, this opened in the same window. I don't know if you noticed that I'm now on, like, there's no way to get back to the podcast page except hitting back. And yeah, I will change that because on, on the actual episodes, everything that is a clickable link opens to a separate page. So this is just, thank you for pointing that out. Just Just a setting that needs to be clicked. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I do love the fact that you, again, you have your call to action right here. Sign up here for a free 20 minute. So I thought that was great. And you've got the button right here. Down here, just so you know, you have a link to ConvertKit. And the image apparently was changed on their side. And so it's giving you this weird kind of half a mm-hmm. – the link still works, but the image is, is gone. Eric, any other thoughts on the, the website? So right there on the home page – uh, sorry, on the about page, it says it says connect with me for a free 20 minute book marketing assessment, which gives me a little bit of benefit. I love on your, on your website, you have a lot of schedule appointment buttons. Like I can schedule with you at the top. I can schedule with you over by the subscribe. I can schedule with you right under your Aviva market or a publishing logo. Uh, Like every page, there's a schedule appointment button. What I would people don't, don't, hit them. The reason people don't hit them is because nobody wants to schedule an appointment. People want the benefit that the appointment gets them. So uh, at the very top up here, it says need book marketing help. Mm, No, I just need help selling more books. I just need to know how to build my brand and sell more books. 
And so I would recommend that you find a way to figure out what the real pain is. I, I don't think anybody, any authors wake up and go, boy, I wish I had more help marketing my book. Their real pain is probably make, make money, money with your book. book, get noticed, sell more books, become a bestseller, something like that. Like I would figure out what the real true pain is of your audience, of those authors and change the schedule appointment to be whatever that pain is, the solution to that pain. Maybe that button instead of schedule an appointment is learn how to sell more books or sell more books this weekend or make money with your book or something. When they open that, click on the the book appointment, Dave. What happens when I go there? When I click on that, I get to a page that I get to choose my appointment. So I would change the header here that explains exactly what you do. Are you struggling with pain? let's have a 20 minute chat and I can help you overcome that pain, whatever that pain is you describe. But I would change. I, I think you will get more people clicking on the book appointment schedule appointment. If it's, if it is based on the pain and not just the ingredients in the box. I don't know that anybody wants the, the puffed flour and the, or the, the sugar and the malt. They want the cereal. Like they want the snap, crackle, pop on the front of the box. Cause you can make a form. Here's mine. Cause people go, what is, what does consulting mean? I'm like, oh, I can help you plan. I can help you with your website. I can help you with your equipment, whatever it is. And so you're using the same thing I am. Uh, we're both using acuity scheduling. So you could, you could add some information here to Eric saying, are you, are, do you need help selling more books? Do you, are you tired of looking for a good editor, blah, 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 whatever it is the the pain is, you know? I never say schedule an appointment because I don't want people to think they can come just chew the fat with me for 20 minutes for nothing. Like I say, do you want, do you need help growing your audience and making money with your podcast? Schedule a podcast strategy session with me and you and I will get on the phone and talk and we'll lay out your strategy for the next year. Like and, it's specific what that call is for. It's not a get to know you call. It's not a, let me pick your brain call. And if I want to get picky over here, you have a 15 minute introductory appointment. And on your website, it says 20 minutes, 20 minutes. So yeah. That's, I noticed that too. Then one thing I do really like about your podcast, which I, I may steal is the category <laughs> section. When I click on podcast categories, like I can go in here and I can go, okay, I need coaching. So if I click on coaching, it shows me all of the episodes on coaching and I can go binge listen to all of those. I can listen to episode 74, 290, like all three of them. If I need content creation, I can listen to 107, 170, 164, episode 11, 140. Like it lets me binge so I don't have to scroll through and go, okay, now I'm looking for something on It's a new edition, let me tell you, because I was like, I've got all these episodes and people are not going to go through every single 250 plus titles to find what they want. Yeah, so, I, I um, thought that was great. I love that, that that section of your podcast, of your website. That means One a lot thing, because I did <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Two things that that annoyed me. One is on your homepage, when I click on a tab, it fades into the background for me. Like the tab becomes white or something mm. like it just, yeah, that's part of the, and that is a problem, but that's a, is that part of the theme? That's part of the theme. Okay. Yeah. So when you change that, that'll go away. The other thing is when I click on your contact page 
all I get is schedule an appointment. Okay. I don't have any way to call you or email you or send you a carrier pigeon or anything. Like <laughs> I have to schedule an appointment. That's the only way I can talk to Susan is schedule an appointment. And, and again, no benefit to it. So maybe here you put, hey, would you like to have a chat about making more money with your books? Let's talk. Mm -hmm. And then on the homepage, I noticed not on every, but on Steve's episode, none of the download buttons work. And I don't know why, because they should be clickable buttons. Hmm. Do they work on other episodes? Only one of them. So the audio one, the PDF, no. And that seemed pretty consistent. Audio, yes. PDF, no. You know what? Something changed, and that might be as a result of the theme because it used to be a clickable link. Yeah, it's, it's I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but like I no, say, as time goes you. on, you will find out that this is just not doing what it's supposed to do. And So as you look for a new theme, the thing I love about this theme is that it's clean, it's easy to navigate. I know, that's what I fell in love with. So <laughs> as, when you, as you're looking for new themes, check the ones that Dave recommended there, but look for a theme that is as clean. I love the white space on this particular yeah. theme. I love a lot of photos and it. There's it, it doesn't get drowning in text. Though you have a lot of text on your site, I don't feel overwhelmed by it. Okay, so can I talk about that text? Sure. Okay, so really what I work on is that first paragraph. And it, do you want to know about whatever it mm -hmm. is? And I am playing to keywords because I want to be found. Yeah. So I don't know about search engines and stuff, but, but I really am working on keywords here. The bio is, a short, is usually you know, what I've read in the on the episode and then everything is the same except i change in this week's podcast episode with the name and then the bullet points are changed and i have a couple always of links that go to previous episodes how do you feel about that and then the contact information for the guest i always have their golden nugget that i turn into a tweetable as you see, whatever I can do. I love the way you open with a great paragraph that makes me interested in the content. Just like we talked about with your podcast, I would edit that, that first initial bio paragraph to uh, a couple sentences of why I care. What, why do I care what Steve has to say? I'd put okay. that there. I would take this full bio and put that down bottom where you have his contact information. So at the very bottom where it says, uh, here's how to contact Steve to find out more information about his services, I would have that link there. And then right below that, I would put about Steve. And then I would put his whole long bio. Oh, there. really? Just so okay. it's there. So it, it gives you some search engine juice. So okay. it's on there for that. But okay. nobody's going to read through the entire bio up top. Let's get to the meat. Uh -huh. So I would start with your paragraph of here's why you care about this episode. Then I would do a, a shortened sentence or two of here's why you care about what Steve has to say about this particular subject. And then I love the bullet points and the links, the important links, any links that you mentioned in the show, I'd put right there. And then I would get into the, I love the tweet, get people to share it that way. I don't know how many people use that, but uh, the more resources you can put on a page, it's probably better for SEO. I don't try and game SEO. I just try and put a lot of valuable content into my post yeah. and uh -huh. it gets found. Okay. I've got, 
I'm getting about 1,500 plus a month listening. I don't know how good that is, but... That's not the metric you want to quote. Because okay. when I say I get 10,000 downloads a month and you go, wow, Dave does a, a weekly show, he's getting 2,500 downloads an episode. That's not accurate because when you say a month, that includes my very first episode from whatever, 15 years ago. So oh. what you want to look at, yeah, so it's how many downloads of all your episodes did you get in this month? You want to look at how many downloads per episode. And the typically the one that most people gauge it on is how many downloads did you get of this episode after 30 days. But also... I so that means, Dave, let me clarify that a little bit. That means once the episode has been out for 30 days, how many downloads has it had? So that's the that's the metric we look at because episode four is still going to get downloads today. Right. And that skews your total downloads for the month. Right. So this month should be bigger than last month because you have more content available. What we want to look at is the episode that you released on January 1st. How many downloads does that have on February 1st? Susan, what you want to look at is episode downloads instead of show downloads. Yeah. Okay. So Dave, if, if you go to yeah. the, your main stats page, okay. you'll see in the month of December that Dave had some crazy number of downloads for the show itself. So let's look at, you'll see that number is a lot different than the episode that was released. I'm trying on, let's, let's see. I'm trying what, is to, today? what is the, I'm trying to get the whole year from last year because month stats are weird. There we go. Yeah. So, so, you, so if you, you look at his numbers, so if we look at, let's go to December. So if you look at the number in December and 25,000, 26,000, you'll say, wow, Dave had 26,000 in December. But now let's look at the episode that was released that first week of December. Let's just go to that episode. Yeah. So that's December. Downloads. Yeah, it's December, 2020. So now when I go to episodes and I sort these and we look at the four episodes released in December. So we've got my favorite podcast, a 4,000 podcast auditor. Blah. So I've got four episodes that were 2,000, eh, 2,000, 22, and 22. So we're looking at eight, maybe 10,000 downloads. But how many downloads did we have? 26,000. So I had 10,000 that were released in December. The other 16,000 came from my back catalog. Got it. If you said, how many downloads did your show have in December? It's 26,000. Mm. But how many downloads did that episode have in December? Yeah. It's only 2,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, I get that. Okay. So if you're comparing the 26,000, you're not comparing apples to apples. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is look at how many downloads your episode gets when it's been released for 30 days. So if you want to track it over the course of a month, like today you would go back a month ago, look at the episode that was released. How many downloads did that get? And you can track that to see the next week you would go a week later, go four weeks back, see how many downloads that one got. And you can track how many downloads it gets without having to go through and sort it like Dave did. Yeah. You can just go back and look at your episode from four weeks ago and see how many downloads it has periodically check that number and make sure that number continues to increase. Now on uh, Rob Walsh is VP of podcast relations at Libsyn and he does an, a podcast called the feed. And once a month on the feed, 
Rob goes through podcast stats and it's really statty and it's a lot of numbers, but, and he does this. So he goes back to the previous month and he looks at all of the podcasts in Libsyn that were released in the prior month that have been out for at least 30 days, but less than 60 days. So at the end of January, he will go look at all of the December podcasts and all of the episodes to see how many downloads they received and the average or the mean, no, the median, yeah, the middle number. So if you stack them from largest to smallest and you pick the one that's right in the middle, the 50% median number, it fluctuates anywhere between 125 and, uh, and 175. Depending on the month, it'll bounce around in there. So if you're getting more than 150 downloads an episode after it's been out a month, you're doing pretty well. You're, you're doing better than 50% of the podcasts. And then I think the average is somewhere around 1,700 to 2,000. It kind of, that's another yeah, one that, usually. that varies. And so now the average, that mean number gets skewed higher because there are some podcasts that get a bajillion downloads and it just mm. skews the number way up. That's why the mean is 150 and, or the median is 150, but the mean is 1,700 because like hardcore history and Joe Rogan skew them like mad guys that just get crazy downloads and, and like the average. And the other thing is because the, because there are so many shows being added on a a regular basis that also then brings that number down. So like yesterday we had 3,300 podcasts added to Apple podcast and those shows, if they get their cousins to listen might have 13 downloads. So are those uh, new podcasts or are those episodes? No, those are new podcasts. Holy that, cow. That's a crazy. Yeah. There are 44 million <laughs> podcasts and there are a lot that are removed They're Right now we're at 1.8 million, but 3,300. And a lot of those, if we scroll down, you will see Well, number one, 61% of those are active, meaning they've put out at least one episode in the last 90 days. And this is from uh, podcastindustryinsights.com. And then you also see where a majority of them don't make it to episode 10. And if somebody asked me, why is that? I would say, because they're using anchor.fm. They got no skin in the game. It's absolutely free. And they've done six episodes and they're not on Jimmy Fallon yet. And they like, that's it. I'm out. And that's why you end up with a lot of inactive shows in an Apple podcast, because unfortunately, when you use a free media host to host your files, when you quit, your files aren't deleted because what are you going to do? Not pay them anymore. One of the things I'm not a big fan of anchor about is they, there's a litter problem of people that will do two episodes and quit. But yeah, so when you see that 3000 episodes, I'm sorry, 3000 podcasts added yesterday, a lot of those are not going to make it. A a large chunk of them are not going to make them. Let me ask you about selling episodes. Do you ever put together the top tens or something like that and sell those? You you could. Can we put a pin on that for a second? Because I, I since we're bringing up monetization, when I go to your your publishing site, it mm-hmm. looks like you have. I thought you had something here to buy. Didn't you have a membership site or something? No, no, nothing here. To, okay, no. so that would be my question. Have you ever thought of, because the, the number one way to make money with your podcast is, yeah. is not advertising. 
Mm-hmm. It you can do well with affiliate marketing, but only if you're hyper niche and you got the right product to the right audience. The number one, hands down, is selling your own services and any kind of product or things like that. That's the so if you know your audience and you can make a course on how to get more book sales or how your book A to Z, you know how to get it started. And I've like just that. put together an author marketing mastery course. There you go. Program. That's what so I saw that, somewhere. I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's the latest. And that was working with Iman, Eric. That was just a beta this last six weeks up until the end of December. And I'm planning, you know, to do one in the all singing, all dancing version in March. In fact, yeah, I that's to what I would do about to, uh, partnering on that. To, yeah, to make money with your podcast, if you have a course like that, like right now to make money with your podcast, the only thing people can give you money for is your coaching and your expertise to book that consultation with you. And let's hope that one-on-one conversation could possibly turn into a, a coaching or a mentorship relationship. Yeah. But if you have that course and program there, that kind of medium to low step that people can get into that they can see what you're all about and then have them have that lead into your high level program. Now you use your podcast as the top of your funnel where it lets people get to know who you are and what you're all about and what you teach and what your expertise is. Give them a little freebie. Hey, download my, my 17 marketing tips, 17 book marketing tips off the website to gather their email address that you can then have that continue to have the conversation with them. And then when you're ready to launch your course, to do a webinar or something like that, to get people in the course, you can invite them to do that, get them in your $500 course. And then after you show them exactly what they need to do through the course and you get them some results, then upsell them to your high level program, but use that, use your podcast to market that. And that's what we talk about at the beginning of your show, carve out a little time to talk about you and your expertise. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Talk to me about a membership site though. How would, what would I give them on a membership site coming from this? I was looking at yours, for instance, Dave, and yeah, the different levels of membership. Could that be when I do the expertise thing or it would be different from- This brings up a good point. What is the expertise thing? Oh, why is it when you bring that up? I got it. Okay. Membership could be like for me, people will pay to be transformed. So when you come to me and you go, I I know I want to start a podcast. I just don't know which one. Okay, good. I've got, go into my planning your podcast and, and I can help you figure out, you know, the topic that maybe you should could go. Okay. And then I, I help them pick their equipment and then blah, blah, blah. And, and by the end, you're an Apple podcast. So that's what I've taken them from point A to point B. With Eric, it's, I don't know, I'm just not getting that much engagement from my audience. And you can sit down with Eric and he's, let's go over this. And we're doing this and that. And at the end, you're like, wow, this is so much better content. And Eric can say, no, you're using, don't use that blue Yeti, use an audio technica or whatever. We, people pay to be, and, and transformed is a weird buzz phrase, but you're helping them with their pain or whatever. The thing about a membership is that people will come for the content in the membership, but they'll stay for the community. Yeah. So you need to figure out a way to build community around that, whether you have a group coaching or open office hours or Q and a sessions every other week or something like that, where people can come together and be part of that community. 
help them do that. If like I have probably 15 different worksheets and templates that podcasters can use to go from planning their show to conducting their interviews to reviewing their own show and everything in between. And if I were to create a membership site, I could put all of that in the membership site to help them with help. What you need to remember is that each piece in your membership site has to solve one specific problem. So are you having trouble with uh, writer's block? Here's the tool to solve it. Are you having trouble finding stages to speak on to market your book? Here's the tool to solve it. Are you having problems creating Facebook ads? Here's the tool to solve it. And so each piece in your membership solves a particular problem. Like with Dave's membership, are you having problems setting up your equipment? Here's the tutorial that will help you set up your studio. And so all, all those things could be little baby courses. They don't have to be these giant seven. But the trick is don't go create it all and then make the membership. You want to do is create that beta membership with a piece or two that people have. You've had enough conversations with authors to know what they're struggling with, mm -hmm. like their two biggest struggles. Create mm -hmm. that for the membership site. And then. In the membership site, you hold a Q&A every other week or whatever and find the struggles like, oh, if I only knew how to create a Facebook ad, fantastic. I will go create a tutorial on how to do Facebook ads and put that in there. Oh, if I only knew how to get stages, find stages to speak on to market my book, fantastic. I'll go create a little tutorial on how to do that. Yeah. Then start populating it with the things that people are asking for. But if you create your beta membership at a low ticket price and get... 50 people into it that will help you develop it and tell you exactly what they need, then you can build it out. And then once it's ready, then you can go charge $97 a month for it because now it's, it serves their exact problems, but you need to find some people to get in it and help you build it and kick the tires on it. Yeah. And I've seen people use the old FOMO trick. They're like, Hey, we're getting ready to launch a membership site, but we're going to go into a beta, but we want, we have a certain kind of person that we need in the beta because we need you to provide feedback. So what we're doing is we're not letting everybody in, but if you want, send me your email, put this in the subject line and we'll get on the phone and we'll just do a quick 10, 15 minute interview. So there's your 15 minute marketing call and we'll see if you're a good fit for the beta. Now it's, Ooh, not, it's not just everybody. So am I good enough to be in the beta group? I've seen people use that kind of for missing out and, and Ooh, you've, I now dub the beta user kind of thing to, uh, to yeah, get which is a little bit of what I did with the beta for the, for the course. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and did Imam's interviews yeah. and then. Yeah. If you go through that, them. if you go through the ultimate course formula that I'm on a guy teaches, to create your course and you use mm -hmm. that Which same thing for membership mm -hmm. you say okay if you were in a membership for authors what sort of things would you like to see in that and they mm -hmm. go oh you know what i need this and that i need to figure out how to get on stages i need to figure out all of these things you go great great and you go through those his eight golden questions and develop your membership that way so rather okay. than creating his course you're just using it to develop the to membership. develop a membership okay yeah. that makes yeah. sense and, okay and i want to go back one step you brought up coaching yeah. Sometimes your audience doesn't know what that is. And I've heard Eric bring clients on his show. I've heard other people. Uh, one of my friends, Natalie Ekdahl, did interviews for two years and then started doing, she would offer coaching at a discounted rate, but the person would know this is going to be recorded and used as a podcast. So you're still getting paid, but you're also getting paid to create content. And what happened, she said, is her audience went, oh, that's coaching. 
Like they didn't know what it meant. And it was also valuable because it was somebody that's like, oh, I need this and this, or I had questions about setting up an LLC or whatever. And they answered. So she was still delivering value, but her audience was like, oh, and then they'd see Natalie solved her problem. I bet she can solve mine. And she said, coaching, she goes, I don't know why I didn't do that in the first place. So that one, might- of, my, one of my biggest, most downloaded episodes is a behind the scenes of a coaching session. It's oh, okay. uh, I did a coaching session with somebody and recorded it for the show and I'll completely upfront with him about it. And uh, that was one of my most downloaded episodes because people want to see what the coaching session is all about. Yeah. So obviously you have to get, do you have to get written permission that, that they sign and say it's okay well, for you to post this? Yeah. When you, when you start the session, you just ask them. And if they say, you say, I'm recording this to use on a podcast, you're all good with that. And they say, yep, they've given you permission. Yeah. And then, or you could set up a form like for this special kind of, Hey, this is a discounted rate because this is going to be recorded and blah, blah, blah. And then just like Eric said at the beginning, Hey, just remember this is being recorded. And then what I usually do is at the end, I will say, okay, so that's going to, thanks again for coming on the show. Just for the record though, is there anything that you said that you would want edited out? And most people are like, what do you mean? And I'm like, did you say anything? They're like, no. Okay. I'm just making sure. And then obviously I edit that out of the episode, but that way I have an audible, you know, consent. Right. Yeah. So so I'm going to use this as the podcast episode. Is there anything in there you don't want me to use? Mm-hmm. And they typically say, no, I'm good with all of it. Or yeah. they might say, hey, that part where we talked about my finances, can we take that part out? Yeah. You go, yep, sure. I'll yeah. go clip that out. Yeah. I, okay. I, I just realized I mentioned my job. And even though I didn't mention my company, is there any way you could pull that out of there? Because I just, I, it's a little, yeah, fine. Not a problem. Okay. But most of the time it's like, what do you mean? Like There are, what Dave, what is the, you interviewed him on a sh- on the show maybe six months ago and he was talking he has a theme built specifically for podcasters. That is probably the guy from Second Line Themes. Um, was it I, him? I think it's, oh no, that's a WordPress site. That's not a media host. That's PodPage. Page, yes. Yeah, so in fact, the podcast review show is using PodPage. So when you go to podcastreviewshow.com. Now is PodPage a theme or is does it plug into your WordPress site or do you host your site on his site? Here's what PodPage is for. I am not happy with my built-in media host website. It's very basic. I wanted to do more than that. However, I've tried Wix, I've tried Squarespace, and I hate WordPress. So what PodPage does is you put in your RSS feed, you tweak a couple things for about five and 10 minutes, and it spits out a website. So it is a replacement for WordPress based on your RSS feed from your media host. So when you publish an episode, PodPage goes out, looks at your feed, and hey, there's a new episode, sucks it into PodPage and makes it pretty. And what show did you say you host on that, if Susan wants to go check that out? The podcast review show, the podcast rodeo show, Ask the Podcast Coach. I have a love-hate relationship with with WordPress, and so I, I... So this show's over there. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. This is a lot to it take It is a lot in, of info. But I really value what you've shared and uh, yeah. given me some great ideas that I now have to implement. You got a little to-do list there, Susan. And yeah. A little to-do list. So yeah. if you know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I know I'm going to need some technical help with this, but doing this because I, I do not, it's not cost-effective for me to. 
Absolutely. Reach out to either one of us. We can surely direct you to the right people who have expertise in whichever yeah, aspect you need, you need some help with. Yeah, so. Any other questions we can help you with? Oh, probably a lot. But I think <laughs> my brain is just like in, in exploding yeah. <laughs> with all the information. So I value uh, your time and what you've taken, you know, what you've done and gone through my podcast. That awesome. Very helpful. And, and where can everybody find your show? bookmarketingmentors.com. That is the correct answer, by the way. I've had so many people go, oh, you, wherever, just look for it. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm asking you for your website. You know, and they just... Yeah. Just f- search for it in Apple. You'll find it. Yeah, no, no. Eric, where can people find you? Hey, find me over at podcasttalentcoach.com. And I'm always putting together a free training if you want to learn how to grow your audience. Podcasttalentcoach.com slash growth. And you'll get all the details right there. And Dave, how about you? You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. And of course, if you want, Susan's got the seat all warmed up. If you would like to have your podcast reviewed, simply go over to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me, and you'll be right here. And we'll be picking over your site again, finding out what you're doing and those things that maybe need a little polished and get you going in the right direction. So thanks for listening. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Podcast Review Show.